My name is Kyle Jones, and so if you're visiting with us today, I'm the pastor here, and I just want to say thank you so much, just like Jasper said, for being here today. We're grateful that you're here with us. Uh, if you're a returning guest or a member here, thank you for coming back. We appreciate that also, and, and we value that as well. So uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 100, Psalm 100. Uh, we have been in a series that we've just called Psalms, Trusting God in All Things, and uh, it's safe to say that we've kind of wandered to and fro across the, uh, the spectrum of emotions and things that people go through and things that you deal with. Uh, if it's been fruitful, don't lie to me, but just raise your hand. You're like, yeah, there's been at least one word at one point said, all right, good, good. That's all I ever want to know is that, is that it's good for some, and so... Uh, I'm grateful for that. And so today what I want to do is kind of wrap all of that up with this theme of thanksgiving, th this idea of just being thankful to the Lord for who He is and what He's doing and what He's done in your life. And so this can be a really difficult thing for people, right? Because we're not always thankful people. And we'll get into that here in a moment. We don't always feel like we have something to be thankful for either. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you to kind of lean into Psalm 100 with me this morning uh, and trust that the Holy Spirit would, would do this in your heart. Sometimes we don't feel like this is us or that we can be this, but trust the Holy Spirit to do this in your heart this morning, that He would speak to you and help you live this thing. And so um, I've just simply titled this, Trusting God with Thanksgiving. And, and again, it's this idea of being thankful uh, in all things. And, and notice I'm not saying be thankful for all things. Amen. There's a difference between being thankful for all things and being thankful in all things. I think we can be thankful in all things without being thankful for all things. And then maybe we get to the other side of that and we realize, hey, even that was worth being thankful for. Uh, but anyway, before we get into any more of this, let's pray together and just ask the Lord to move as only He can. Amen. Father, we come before You and we trust that Your Word is good. We trust that Your love is steadfast. God, as we have seen throughout Psalms, as we see throughout Your Word, uh, You are faithful to all generations. And so we, we come to You with just this heart of gratitude this morning, this uh, idea of being thankful to You. I'm grateful that we can come into this place and worship You this morning. I'm grateful that we have Your very Word open before us this morning and that You are going to teach us some things today. And so I just ask now that Your Holy Spirit open our eyes and our hearts uh, to hear and to understand, uh, and that our spirits be moved by who you are and what you've done, and not so much what I'm saying. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, you would move as only you can move, and I trust you for that today. Lord, we surrender our hearts, our thoughts, all of those things for the next several minutes, uh, and just ask that you would teach us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, there's this story, and I think I shared it before, uh, about a lady named Corey Ten Boom. Anybody ever heard of Corey Ten Boom? Maybe. Uh, she wrote a book called The Hiding Place. Uh, Corey Ten Boom was a Dutch Christian who, along with her father and family members, they were helping Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust back during World War II. And so she was eventually imprisoned for her efforts. Uh, she got caught doing this and was imprisoned for it. And, and this is uh, and so the hiding place kind of tells the story of these things. And in the book, Corey gives the details of their mission, kind of what they were trying to do. And she gives the details of some of her time spent in these concentration camps or prisons. 
Uh, and so she recalls an incident that taught her to be thankful. She and her sister, Betsy, had just been uh, transferred to the worst prison camp they had seen yet. It was called Ravensbrook. And when they entered the barracks, what they found is that the barracks were extremely overcrowded with people, but not just with people, they were also overcrowded with fleas. Uh, just lots and lots of fleas. How many you know that's not fun, right? Uh, and so um, they, they, they've got this flea-infested infested place full of other people, and it's just a miserable place to be. And then one morning, uh, as they had done before, Betsy and Corey wake up, and they open up their Bibles, and they begin to do their devotional. They open up to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, and what they saw there were the words that say, Rejoice always. Pray constantly and give thanks in all circumstances. And Corey saw this as a bit more of a challenge than what she liked, and Betsy was willing to uh, endure this challenge, to take, this, to take the Bible at its word. And so Betsy told Corey that she needed to stop now and thank God for everything about their situation, including the fleas. And to which Corey responds, I'm not thanking God for the fleas. And Betsy just persists. We need to thank God for every part of our circumstance, even this worst, uh, the worst part of this. And so Corey finally gives in to her request, and they pray together, and she thanks God for their circumstance, for the mission that they're on, for what they've been going through, for the lives they had saved already, and now for their place in this uh, internment camp or in this concentration camp, and for the fleas that were there with them. And, and so what they learned or what they began to see is that during the months that they spent at this particular camp, Ravensbrook, they were surprised to find how easily and openly they could hold Bible study together, that, that there was no guard interference like at other camps. And so this was a bit baffling to them, and it wasn't until uh, some months later that they learned the guards would not enter into the bunks because of the fleas. They didn't want the fleas on them, so they would just leave them alone. Uh, and so what we see is that God, even in the fleas, was taking care of Corey and her sister Betsy, and that those fleas were providing something for them of which to be thankful, and that was just regular Bible study. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so, maybe you, like me, and I just want to confess this to you today, I am not always thankful. <gasps> right? <laughs> Don't be shocked. I, I'm not always thankful for everything. Who is? Right? If there, is there anybody in here you're like, I mean, I'm always thankful. It's the easiest thing in the world. I'm just thankful all the time for everything. Come on, raise your hand. Who are you? We want to learn from you. Nobody, right? And so we all enter this kind of together. None of us are just always thankful for the situations that we're in. And so um, it's difficult for me to, to take this idea that Paul is presenting in 1 Thessalonians 5 and put it into practice to give thanks in all circumstances. The word there is not some circumstances. You know what the Greek word for all is? all. <laughs> okay? See, you just learned Greek. Uh, it's amazing. And so when your child is disobedient, it's hard to give thanks, is it not? Th this has been me a bit this morning without going into any grave details. My, my kids are just getting on my nerves today. Amen? And, and so that's all I'll say. I love them. It doesn't make me love them any less, I promise you, but it's just been difficult. I've been frazzled in my brain. So I'm grateful to be here with you, with adults, and talking. So 
Praise God. Uh, and, and then there are times where your spouse may get on your nerves, though mine never does, and your boss is micromanaging you, or your car is having trouble again, or uh, maybe it's something a little deeper and a little less uh, superficial, like you feel alone, and, and you just find yourself lonely all the time. And so you think, man, how can I ever be thankful for this? Maybe you struggle with a particular temptation and sin, and it's just reoccurring. You're like, how do I overcome this thing? And then maybe it's something else. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's uh, depression. Maybe it's all sorts of things. Amen. There are all kinds of matters in this broken world that befall us, and we struggle with them. We wrestle with them. And all of those things are trying to rob and steal our thankfulness. Are they not? They're fighting for that. And so when I hear Paul say, give thanks to God in all circumstances, I'm like, wait a minute, hold it right there, Paul. You don't understand what I'm going through right now. And then Paul would respond, well, you don't understand what I'm going through right now as I'm writing this in prison, right? And so uh, what, we, what we find is that we, can, we, we interact with the Bible in this way and that the Bible challenges us. Amen. And what we see are men and women throughout our Bibles who had really what would appear to be zero reason to be thankful, yet they're always thankful. Yet they're, they're full of gratitude to the Lord. And, and yet even in their worst circumstances, they're giving thanks to God. Uh, one of my favorites is Job, right? Job has everything removed from his life. And one of the, what's the statement that Job's so famous for and that all of you guys have probably heard at some point in your life? He says, the Lord does what? He gives and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's just this idea of being grateful no matter what is taking place in our life. And do you know what I've learned? And I'm sure that you'll agree. Is that my thanksgiving is often based more on my perspective right now in my life than it is on my identity in Christ. If I can allow my thankfulness to be wrapped around my identity in Christ, I'm so much more thankful and so uh, less easily rocked by the things of this world. But if I begin to focus on the temporal, the things that are happening right now in front of me, and it's all I can seem to see, it's because it's right here, it's immediate. If I begin to focus on those things, all those negative things, my thanksgiving will begin to be robbed. My joy is robbed. My thankfulness is robbed. I am not glad in those moments. Amen? I, I just find it very difficult to be thankful during those times. And so uh, this is just kind of what I wrote down. Thankfulness based on my perspective. That is what I think is best for my care, my safety, da-da-da-da-da, right? Thankfulness based on my perspective will always be me-centered. It's always me-centered. It's always what's best for me, what do I think is best, what, what should happen is not happening, so now I'm flustered by the situation around me, or I made some dumb decision, I did something ridiculous, and I've caused all of this, and so how am I going to be thankful for this? And I just find myself wrestling with that inner turmoil at times. But thankfulness which is based on my identity in Christ, that is that I'm under God's care, safely, secure, no matter what the circumstances around me say. This is what we know about God. I'll show you here in a moment. When it's based on my identity in Christ, it's always Jesus-centered. Thankfulness is always Jesus-centered when we base it on our identity, on, on who we are in Christ Jesus. So as believers in here today, you know this. 
Amen? You've lived long enough, you've been a believer long enough to know that when you're thankful in Christ for who you are there, trusting God there, you can be thankful in all situations. As unbelievers, you may doubt this, and you may look around and say, there's no way this can be true, but I, I would challenge you today to look around the world and then befriend a Christian, a, a mature Christian, somebody who loves the Lord wholeheartedly. And I think what you'll begin to see is that their joy, when it's founded in Christ Jesus, when their thankfulness is founded in the Lord, their joy cannot be as easily rocked as your joy can be as an unbeliever. And so when we don't have anything which is immovable to hold on to, we just get moved around all the time, right? And so when we can hold on to Christ and our thankfulness is founded in Him, it's immovable. Nothing can take it. Nothing can rob that from us. And so um, when our thankfulness is based on perspective rather rather than our identity in Christ, we get things mixed up. We begin to put stock in all the wrong things. Maybe you lose a job, and, and I'm not saying that you're thankful for losing the job, but you can be thankful that the Lord is protecting you when you lose a job, that the Lord is caring for you, that though that surprised you, it didn't surprise the Lord. When you sustain an injury, when you get a sickness or an illness, when you uh, have a fallen out with a friend, or you and your spouse are at odds with one another, you may not be thankful for what's taking place in that moment, but you can be thankful that the Lord is good, that He is steadfast in love, and that His faithfulness endures to all generations, which counts you as a believer in Christ Jesus. You can be thankful for that. You can know that he's moving even in the midst of what seems like utter chaos. He's right there with you. And so hopefully through this series in Psalms, you've seen multiple reasons to be thankful and to trust God, to run to him for safety in all things. This is my hope for you. And so I'll I'll just say that here's three reasons why, and I've mentioned them several times already, but because he's good, he's worth running to. Amen? Because he's good, he's worth running to. Because his love endures forever, it's steadfast, he's worth running to. He's worth trusting in all things. And because his faithfulness endures to all generations, he's worth trusting in all things. Amen? He has proven himself over and over and over again. If you doubt me in this, ask a fellow believer, if you doubt them, read the Bible. If you doubt the Bible, then, then pray and ask the Lord to show this to you. Ask Him to reveal it to you. Pursue Him, and you will find Him. Amen? And so, what I think is that we all should resolve to say, no matter what I am going through, no matter what is taking place in my life, I will continually give thanks to God the one who has created me and saved me. Amen? And if nothing else, if I have nothing else to be grateful for in this world, I have that. Though I think that when you find that, you'll begin to see that God is moving and there's far more to be thankful for than you may even imagine. Amen? When we get our perspective right, we start looking to the Lord, our identity in Him, we'll begin to notice all around us other reasons to be grateful even when things are falling apart. So let's just kind of see here what God's Word says in Psalm 100. It's very short. It's five verses. Uh, This is a psalm of thanks. It comes at the end of about seven or eight psalms that are on just thanksgiving. 
And, and so these are written so that the congregation can come together and sing them together and just proclaim the Lord's goodness together. And so uh, you'll see some of that language here, uh, but there's also some deep truths here that I want us to see. So let me just read it to you. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is, he is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So whose are we? If you're a believer in here, whose are you? God. Amen. You're His. You are His. What can take that from you? Nothing. We all hesitate to say nothing there. Let's not hesitate to say nothing there. Amen? This is what is won for you in Christ Jesus. Verse 4, And so therefore you see this, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. Amen. Amen. Right? And so this is what we have before us. Psalm 100 is really just meant to encourage you and I to serve the Lord in all things with thanksgiving because why? One, He's the Creator. He made us. And then as, we're, as uh, faith is placed in Him, we become His people. We're the sheep of His pasture. And so we see that the Lord is good. He's the Creator, and so we enter into His temple both figuratively and literally with much thanksgiving because He's good and faithful and loving. And you can trust that about God. These are the characteristics of God. And so I just want to lay this one thing before you today, uh, that the godly person, and this is picking up on a theme, so if, if you're visiting with us today, this is a theme we started with Psalm 1 back when we started this series. No, we have not gone through a hundred Psalms. We've been skipping around. Uh, but we started Psalm 1 back in the, at the beginning of summer, and, uh, and we laid out there what was laid before us. We didn't lay it out. It's there. There's two paths to choose. There's the way of the godly and the way of the wicked. And so all of us emphatically said, we want to go the way of the godly, amen, because the way of the wicked was sure destruction. And so we've kind of continued this throughout the series of this idea of what it looks like to go the way of the godly in all things, to trust God in all things. And so this is what I have for you today. The godly person trusts God with thanksgiving by living out of their identity instead of their perspective. And that's the one thing I want you to take away from today. This is really all I want you to know today. And this is what I think we need to know based on what all we've learned in Psalms. It is that the godly person trusts God with thanksgiving by living out of his or her identity and not his or her perspective. And when you take your identity and place it into your perspective, your perspective changes. You see things in a different light. And this is my hope for all of us today because all of life, all of life, every circumstance is an opportunity to give thanks to God. It's an opportunity to give thanks to Him. It's an opportunity to bless His name. When we see life based on our, on our identity and not our immediate perspective, we can give thanks to God in all things. C.S. Lewis probably said it way better than I, well, in fact, I know he did. He says this, 
We ought to give thanks for all fortune. If it is good, because it is good. So if it's good, give thanks because it's good. Amen? If, it, if it's bad, we should give thanks because it works in us patience, humility, and the contempt of this world and the hope of our eternal country. Amen? You understand what that last line means? It works in us this uh, desire to be with Christ in heaven forever and away from this broken, fallen world. Amen? Because what we see in even the bad things in life is that those are a product of sin entering the world. Amen? And and that one day, as believers, you will get to reside in a place where that no longer exists. And and so we long for that. We hope for that. Amen? And and, And the bad things we go through build in you this desire, this longing for final, perfect communion with the Lord. Amen? And it gives you endurance through the bad thing to know that day will come because Revelation says it's coming. And I can trust God. Why? Well, because He's good. His love is steadfast. His faithfulness endures to all generations. It seems simple, but it's also true. It's a a life-changing revelation if you'll let it be so. The psalmist then uses verses 2 and 4, which say, Serve the Lord with gladness, come into His presence with singing. Then verse 4, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, bless His name. He's using these to command God's people to express their gratitude, to express their thanks to the Lord. But the Father then provides reasons for that command. So it's not just this open-ended command with no basis with no foundation. It's not just like a a preacher standing before you and saying, you know what? You need to give thanks. Why? Don't know. not going to tell you that. You just need to give thanks. No, this is not God leaving you without something to be thankful for. This is God clearly laying before you the reasons why you can be thankful. He lays it out beautifully, lays it out perfectly. The most obvious, again, is that He's good in all His roles. He is the good Creator who created us in His image, which, as a side note, requires you and I, as those created in God's image, to look at other people as those who are created in God's image. Amen? And when you look at other people as created in God's image, it changes your perspective about them. When you look at yourself as someone who's created in God's image, it changes your perspective about you also. God created you. He loves you. He's the good creator, creates us in His image. His universal rule then reminds us of His protection, that we're sheep in His pasture, that the wolves and bear and whatever else may come and try to devour, God keeps us safe and secure in His pasture. It also calls us to bold prayer. It motivates us to discipleship as those who have been purchased at a great price, as Titus 2 says. Titus 2 says that Jesus gave himself, gave himself to redeem us from lawlessness. Amen? And that purchase was made out of steadfast love, and that steadfast love is exemplary of God's character. It, it finds full expression in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God loved you so much that He gave His only Son. 
God loved you so much that Isaiah 53 says he was pleased to crush his only son on your behalf. God fully loves you. You think life is not worth living. You don't understand the love of God for you, or at least you're blinded to it right now. I say let that thing rest on you, knowing that God loves you more than anything else in this world. I love what we read in Ephesians about God, how he looks forward to heaven. Like he looks forward to that final day when Christ returns. You want to know why? Because he looks forward to residing with his people in heaven forever. He looks forward to brokenness being restored. He looks forward to bodies being fully restored. He looks forward to sadness being removed from the face of the earth. He looks forward to the sin-marred stain that is on the earth and on our life being fully gone forever and everything being perfectly restored to its original perfection. God looks forward to that. He can't wait for that. He's inviting you into that. Amen? And so that purchase, that steadfast love that we see of Jesus, this is just further indication that God is a good shepherd who cares faithfully for his sheep all the days of their lives. Amen? He's the best shepherd. Those words steadfast love and faithfulness that we see there in verse 5, they'll either mean everything to you or nothing to you. Amen? And this is kind of my, my hope for you today, that when you read that God is steadfast in love and that His faithfulness endures to all generations, that that rests on you in a way that it means absolutely everything to you. Because if it doesn't, it means nothing to you. This is what we have to do with the cross. This is what we have to do with God's love. This is what we have to do when we're faced with this. Is we get to see what God has done, and that either hits you in a way that it means everything or it means nothing. And I suspect that when you hear that, you know what it means to you. Now, I'm not talking about just the everyday taking things for granted. Certainly, certainly we do that. But your response to hearing God is steadfast in His love for you and He's faithful to keep His word for you will give you good insight into where your thankfulness rests. If I hear those words and I think, well, yeah, if God was really steadfast in love and if He was really faithful, then this situation would be different. You have a whole Bible that's stacked up against that very line of thought. <laughs> Amen? There is nothing in God's Word that says your life will go perfectly on this earth. In fact, there's far more in this Bible about God doing things in your life that don't seem so perfect for you because it executes His plan perfectly. Amen? And I, I think we need to stop seeing ourselves as the queen on the chessboard who can go and do whatever she wants to do and begin to see ourselves more like a pawn on God's chessboard. This is the way God works. This is how big He is. This is how great God is. And so because God is absolutely loving and dependable, He will fulfill His promises. I, I plead with you to let thankfulness rest on Him. 
and on Him alone, not something else, not some other circumstance. There's so many verses in the Bible. One of our favorites around here, we, many of you bring it up in different Bible studies all the time, is James chapter 1, which he says, Consider it an opportunity for great joy, brothers and sisters, when trials of various kinds come upon you. Now, how many of you, when a trial comes upon you, when something bad happens in your life, you're first looking to say, how is this an opportunity for great joy? Very few of us. But that's the command. Consider it an opportunity for great joy when various trials come upon you. Why? Because you know that when your endurance is tested, your your faithfulness can grow. You become steadfast in nature. What does that mean? That means that as more trials come in my life, I will be more steadfast than the time before. What does all that mean? It means that God is working perfectly according to Romans chapter 6, which says that He saves you and sanctifies you. And that sanctification often looks like very hard work. It looks like situations in our life that cause me to be aware of my sin and my lack and my need for God so that I can run to God. That's sanctification. This is what God is working in us and for us. In Philippians 1, you have the promise that God who begins the work in you is faithful to bring it to completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So from the time you're bought and saved by His blood, God is working in you a perfect work that will one day be completed in Christ. And all until then, all along the road until then, we are waging war against the flesh. Fighting. Waking up every day. If I wake up in despair because life is not good and I have much to be unthankful for, then my war for that day is to say, what can I be thankful for today? Number one, God is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. And then the last of the list looks like you doing the hard work of God. I'm thankful for my wife. Thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for the position you've placed me in. I'm thankful that even in this mess I'm in right now, I know that you're working. Because this is what you do. This is what your word says, and I trust that. I'm thankful that you're steadfast when my world is not. That you're faithful when everything around me is unfaithful. When everything I thought I needed, everything my hope was in began to crumble, my hope can rest in you and nothing crumbles. Amen? Amen. Charles Spurgeon says, I love the Spurge, you know? It's a good dude. He says, it is not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. Praise God. Simple truth there. So my question for you today is, what does this look like in your life right now? I suspect that you can answer that far better than I can. I would be glad to help if you want to talk through things. I'm glad to listen don't even have to say anything. I'd be glad to pray with you. But I will say that I think the Holy Spirit can say to you exactly what you need to hear today. He can speak to you. Amen? And so whatever your situation is, I think that it's up to you to lean into the Lord today and say, God, 
help me be thankful because right now I'm not thankful for much. And just to be honest with the Lord. Just to be honest. I'll give you this quote from a pastor named John MacArthur. He says, A thankful heart is one of the primary identifying characteristics of a believer. A thankful heart is one of the primary identifying characteristics of a believer. He goes on to say that it stands in stark contrast to our pride, our selfishness, and our worry. Amen to that. He keeps going. He says, and it helps fortify the believer's trust in the Lord and reliance of His provision. Even in the toughest of times, And then he goes on to say, no matter how choppy the seas become, a believer's heart is held up by constant praise and gratefulness to the Lord. Amen. Amen. No matter how choppy the seas may come, a believer's heart is held up by constant gratefulness and thankfulness to the Lord. Praise God giving thanks for God's goodness and steadfast love and faithfulness is an expression of our dependence on Him and gratitude to Him. And so my hope for you and I today is that this be our posture as we go through whatever we go through. If we're going to trust God in all things, then I think that requires being thankful in all things. It requires us to see the Lord for who He is and to trust that He is good, and that no matter what I'm going through, I'm thankful that He is good. And though I may not have answers for everything I go through, He does. Amen? And I can trust, again, that He is good, His love is steadfast, His faithfulness endures to all generations. Let's commit ourselves to praising God out of our identity in Christ. You have to get that right first. If you're an unbeliever today, this will be impossible for you. You'll be ramming your head against the wall. This is far more about what Christ does in us than what we're trying to do for ourselves. And so, if we're going to praise God out of our identity instead of our perspective, we must first find our identity in Christ Jesus. Now, What do you think this would look like for the body of believers or a body of believers to to live this way? Just imagine with me the light that God's people will shine in in a world that's full of brokenness, in a world that's full of hopelessness, uh, among believers who may at times be in despair. Your despair does not mean you are unsaved. We, We all go through times of despair. We all go through times of being broken and shattered. But but it's in those moments that we learn, I'll say it again, I say it too much, but we learn, as Charles Spurgeon says, to kiss the waves that throw us against the rock of ages. Amen? Because if not for the waves, we we may have never been tossed against that rock. But He's there. He's there. In your despair, in your anxiety, in your doubt, in your hopelessness, in your broken relationships, in your desire to find meaning in life, God is there. He's there. It didn't surprise Him. It doesn't shock Him. He's there, and He alone will hold you fast. Trust Him. Trust Him. 
And you know what he's given you as help with that? A body of believers who love you more than life itself. And I can say that about this place. It's one of the greatest place, things about this place that I know is that these people love one another. And I'm so grateful for that. Many of you have felt that just in the last few weeks. But many of you have felt that in the last few years. And I praise God for that. I shared with our Wednesday night Bible study a few weeks ago to just join me in praying that God would allow that to continue for the next many years. (laughs) Amen? That He would continue to build that in us. That we would care for one another more than we care for ourselves. That we would have all things in common because we have the gospel in common. Amen? Praise God for that. But I think when a body comes together in that way, when our hearts begin to be fully thankful to God in all situations, what happens is is that as the world fades slowly, and it will, it will continue to do so. Amen? As the world continues to go the way of the world, a believer's light shines brightest. And you have that opportunity. The light in your heart will burn brighter. As people all over are terrified by the world we live in, we as God's children can be peacefully at rest, knowing His steadfast love and His faithfulness will not fail us. And in doing that, we show the world a better way, but we also encourage one another to live in the better way, to go the way of the godly, if you will. And so may we continuously have a posture of thankfulness and gratitude to God in all things because He's the ultimate creator of all things and He alone is holding us fast. We know this because He calls us the sheep of His pasture. And may we trust that. Even in our despair, even in our greatest hurts, may we trust that alone. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning?